Talaga tuwanto kaya kami ng Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific Mikoroy Hawkins. Coming up. This is a hostage situation. Things could be out of control. Human Rights Watch calls for release of kidnapped New Zealand pilot. Also, the information is not really shared in a fluid manner, so it's hard to say how many sharks they've killed. New Caledonia's public is divided on shark culling after dangerous attacks and... Previously, they would have had to pay up to $300 to have these available. EpiPens now funded for anaphylaxis sufferers in Aotearoa. A Human Rights Watch researcher in Indonesia has condemned the West Papua National Liberation Army's kidnapping of a New Zealand pilot. Papuan independence rebels are threatening to execute Philip Mertens if their demands are not met. The West Papua National Liberation Army has posted an ultimatum on social media demanding Jakarta negotiate with them. Andreas Hasono spoke with Lydia Lewis about the situation. He knows the main spokesperson of the rebel group after decades of research in the field and calls on the rebels to release Mr Mertens. Can you tell me about this group? How dangerous are they and how serious is this threat to execute? The name of the group is West Papua National Liberation Army. Uh, It had been established historically in West Papua in 1963 when Indonesia started to invade the territory. Although it had morphed into you know, multiple forms but and also some division, but basically it was established since 1963 back then by a police officer who were trained by the Dutch, by the Dutch. So they were the, the forces that, that arrested Indonesian infiltrators, soldiers, basically, special forces soldiers, who started to invade Papua in 1963. How dangerous are they? Mostly they want to keep their forces as a symbol of resistance against Indonesian, you know, what they claim to be Indonesian colonizers, Indonesian military, Indonesian police. They used to kidnap 16 international biologists back in 1996, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in, in the same area that we are seeing now, although it was in a place called Mapunduma. Now the New Zealand pilot kidnapping happened in Duga pretty nearby in the central highlands. Are they serious about the threat to execute the pilot? I don't know. But back in 1996, they did not kill any of the foreigners, but they killed one Indonesian uh, by by, uh, an arrow when Indonesian special forces were then trying to release the hostages. It was a class and one Indonesian was was killed. So the best way to solve this kidnapping situation, of course, is to talk to them. I happen to know the spokesman for this group. I used to get to know him more than 
a decade ago when I was doing some research in Jayapura, he was then a political prisoner, I call on this group to immediately release all of the hostages, including the New Zealand pilot. It is a crime to kidnap anyone, including this pilot. How serious, though, is this threat to execute? There are some incredibly strong words. How will New Zealand's foreign ministry be taking this? How should they respond to this, given the use of the word execute? I do not know how to measure the seriousness of someone. But, you know, this is a hostage situation. Things could be out of control. So the best way is to negotiate, uh, to negotiate and ask them to release the pilot. I don't think it is, it is easy or even internationally accepted to pressure the New Zealand government to negotiate for West Papua independence from Indonesia. It is, it is way too complicated for any country in the world, including New Zealand, to negotiate uh, the independence of this particular territory. But of course, these indigenous people have suffered a lot. Indonesian government should do more to end impunity, human rights abuses in West Papua. But this is a hostage situation. The most important is to call on this group to immediately, unconditionally release all of the hostages, including the New Zealand uh, pilot. Can you tell me a bit more about all of these, all of the hostages? I do not know the whether the passengers are taken hostages. I also haven't got the names of the passengers, whether they are indigenous Papuan who often uh, travel there, <clears throat> uh, but uh, using that small plane. That that area is very remote. Only only certain people go there. Uh, workers, maybe construction workers, and there was a. There were killings against Indonesian workers uh, back in 2018. I published a presser about that. So, but I just know that the pilot is a New Zealander. It is confirmed by the company, Susi Air, the airline company, and also by Indonesian police in the area. The rebel group has accused New Zealand of supporting the Indonesian military in killing native Papuans. Recent shark culling in New Caledonia has divided public opinion in the French territory. Three four-metre-long tiger sharks have been killed by local authorities after two recent attacks, including one on a woman who was mauled by a bull shark in Noumea's most popular swimming beach. With injuries to her hands, thighs and back, she was taken to hospital in a serious condition. Jan Kohot reports. Since the attack of a boy in 2019, the Numea Council removed a tiger shark and a bull shark from its protected species list as part of a wide-ranging scheme to reduce dangerous shark attacks. However, many wildlife conservation advocates have fought to keep the sharks from getting killed. The head of WWF New Caledonia, Mark Oremus, says the measures used by the Numea Council lack direction and transparency. The information is not really shared in a fluid manner, so it's hard to say how many sharks they've killed since the start of this shark crisis. There doesn't seem to be a defined strategy. This is why this all seems inefficient, useless and counterproductive. 
After two recent shark attacks occurred within a week of each other, local authorities closed all beaches in the capital until further notice. The Numia Council says they have ordered another round of shark culling. Joint CEO of Numia Council Philip Jusiak says they will only kill bull sharks of two metres or more and tiger sharks of four metres or more in the area of the attack. There is no set number. It is completely random. It either bites or it doesn't. Instead, we restrict ourselves on the number of days after the attack because we know that the animals move. As well as wildlife conservationists, the shark culling does not sit well with indigenous canics. On Lethal Island, for example, there remains a strong sense of spiritual ancestry with the sharks. Although many people spearfish on the island, the fishermen say they never experience any attacks. Chief of the village of Drehu, Sineko Wate, told La Première they do not hunt sharks and they respect that the ocean is their domain. For me, the shark is like a spirit. The shark is our grandfather, it's our ancestor. The local fishermen here never hunt sharks. When I go fishing and I see a group swimming, I simply change spot and go somewhere else. The WWF's Mark Oremus says the shark debate is a tedious one that has been going on for years in New Caledonia. He says closing a few beaches and killing a few sharks will not solve anything because it is a huge ocean. Oremus says it will be more useful to promote awareness about safety in the water and to educate people about sharks. Anaphylaxis sufferers in Aotearoa have something to celebrate this month with the announcement that EpiPens will now be funded in New Zealand. The country's largest primary health organisation, ProCare, says families and individuals suffering from these severe, potentially life-threatening allergic reactions can now have peace of mind knowing they will now have access to two funded EpiPens, which would otherwise cost between $100 to $350 and last for 12 to 18 months. ProCare Clinical Director Alan Moffat says this is particularly welcome news for people with underlying health conditions and Pacific people, in particular who are more than twice at risk of having anaphylaxis through food allergy than Maori or Asian populations in Aotearoa. Susana Suisuiki spoke with Dr Moffat about the announcement. Yes, so look, recently Pharmax decided to fund EpiPen or the similar sort of self-injectors. Uh, this is really important for people severe life-threatening allergies and um, because previously they would have had to pay up to $300 um, you know, to have these available and for people with life-threatening allergies they need to have them available. They expire regularly so it's quite an a extra cost. So we're really pleased that um, they're now available on a prescription and fully funded. Has this funding been a long time coming? Um, if so, why has it why has it taken so long? Yeah, look, you could argue that. Certainly, I know it's been on their priority list for some time. But the reality is that Pharmac was underfunded, and and therefore had to prioritise what drugs it would choose to fund. I guess one of the issues, depend while that's a life saving thing, so from three hundred dollars to save a life, very, very cheap. Uh, the reality is that. Um, won't be used and they'll expire so the actual cost adds up um, and um, you have to rank that along the benefits of other drugs but recent government uh, introduction of more funding for Pharmac it's reached a threshold now where they can afford to fund the EpiPen. 
So how will this benefit the Pacifica community? Pacific people have, uh, up to, well, probably more than twice the amount of food allergies uh, Europeans or um, Asian or Maori um, people. And um, so the thing is, um, for Pacific people, often it can be, again, life-threatening allergies. Uh, and the rationale, um, you know, often Pacific also lower income and um, therefore this is a huge benefit to those families that other might not have been able to afford to have an EpiPen. So Alan, um, talk to me, what are the side effects of using EpiPens? It's pretty safe, uh, you know, it's a dose of adrenaline, so if you gave it and uh, by accident you weren't sure if this is a true anaphylactic or allergic attack um, or not, and have any adverse effects, it's pretty safe to, to use. Um, you know, there are side effects in terms of, you know, speeding of the heart rate. Or just like when you get a fright, uh, basically you get your own adrenaline spurt in the body and sort of uh, effects happen when you get an adrenaline injected into the body. But important does is actually counteract the immediate um, allergy effect to stop that from aiding and causing um, severe shock. So why has there been an increase of food allergies and anaphylaxis in the last 10 years? Look, there are many theories that. Um, there, there are probably five key factors, but I can only remember about three of them. Um, the, the, the main ones, I think, um, certainly genetics pay a part, but the main ones seem that uh, we're living much tidier, cleaner lives than we used to, uh, aren't uh, exposing their children, particularly young infants, uh, outdoors as much as we used to and that's you know all the messages we get keep out of the sun and all the rest of it so uh, we're tending to keep babies indoors and so they're getting exposed to um, less uh, dirt in the environment and uh, actually getting exposed to dirt and stuff early in life the immune system to um, avoid allergies just as exposing kids to food is a good thing it used to be thought that we should avoid um, you know, peanuts and fish and things like that for babies because it was more likely to cause food allergy. Actually, it's the opposite. The earlier you introduce those foods, the least likely it is that they'll become allergic in life. So um, while there is, you know, you have to be reasonable along with uh, the normal time you'd be introducing the solids, it's important to um, to do that. And I think we've tended now to go with, um, you know, possibly breastfeeding, you know, for a longer t- period of time and that does increase the risk of food allergy. This one of the other factors, uh, number four we're up to, is um, dry skin. So um, dry skin basically is a good barrier for your body, and it stops uh, you know things from access to your to your bloodstream. And if uh, you have very dry, that barrier breaks down, and it's very easy to get things that are just rubbed on the skin exposed to the body, and so you actually to develop allergies both uh, to skin contact so increases the risk of food allergies. So those are the main factors, I think. That's Pacific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us for free to your device from Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Look at me next time more.